Good morning, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for today. We're going to take a look ahead at what is happening for the week ahead, both through astrology and through human design. And I'm hoping everybody got a view of that beautiful full moon the other night. It was amazing. Last night, I guess it was Sunday night. But that was Sunday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Time is of no meaning to me at this moment. Uh, good morning to you, Mimi. I've been thinking about you since yesterday, hearing all about the floods in Tennessee. I hope you are not affected by those. Uh, we're wishing you safety and dry weather, perhaps, or wet, depending on what you need. But it's an interesting um, thing to happen right now, because today we're going to be talking about the Virgo and Pisces axis. And Virgo, of course, being an earth sign where we have the very tangible down to earth energy, but Pisces being a water sign and a very potent water sign, right? One that really talks about the deep and uh, some very deep, interesting energies. And as uh, right now, the moon is already in Pisces, having finished its fullness yesterday, uh, yesterday morning early, then the moon moved into Piscean energy. So we have Pisces energy, water with Virgo energy as the sun also moved into Virgo yesterday. So we have Virgo energy, earth, and we have Pisces energy, water, and together they create possibly some very interesting water earth dynamics. Uh, so she says, thank you for your concern. I'm not near the floods being in the Southeast area. My heart is with those affected. Oh, most definitely. And we're very glad to find out that you're safe and sound. Um, it's hard for me to picture Tennessee as I've never been there. So I can picture it on the map, but since I don't know the, you know, the relative, uh, position of the town that you live in to the towns that were being affected, thank you for letting us know, you know, how you were doing there. Kathleen Mallory, good morning to you. Ursula, hello. JLo, um, not here. We had the storm, Henri and Henry. Uh, what a crazy, crazy, crazy weekend, right? Lots of water, lots of flooding, lots of water, lots of wind. So it seems like it was one of those weekends where astrology and um, what we know to be true or what we experience come together. Uh, so, all right, let's uh, carry on here. So I'm sure other people will be checking in with us here in the next few minutes. So today's schedule, let's say, or our agenda, we're going to be talking about the moon in Pisces first. And funny enough, today is a very activated day when we look at the astrological connections, the aspects that the moon is making to planets. And then I want to talk about that Virgo-Pisces axis because it isn't just Virgo energy or just Pisces energy right now. It is the both signs that are being highly activated. And as they are across from one another and hold an axis in the chart, uh, it is important for us to understand, well, what does that axis mean? Because all of you have Virgo and Pisces somewhere in your chart. And even if you don't have many planets in Virgo or Pisces, right now because of the number of planets that are transiting across from one another through those two signs, that uh, axis is activated for everyone, right? Everyone, even if you don't think you have Virgo or Pisces energy, it's there. 
Um, when you look at Virgo right now, we have the sun, we have Mars, and we have Mercury. On the Pisces end, we have the moon, we have Neptune, we have Pallas Athena, and as well, just for today anyway, we have the part of fortune. So we have some really powerful energies across these axes. And the moon and Neptune, just, just by the qualities that the two of those planets or points give us um, in our charts, in our lives, <clears throat> and in a sign like Pisces that's highly spiritual, we have uh, a sense then of our spiritual self in an opposition to our more physical self. And what could that mean for us? Well, we're going to take a look at that as well. We'll take a look at the uh, transits that are happening for the week. As I looked ahead through the week, it's not a particularly hectic kind of week when we look at the transits. So we get maybe some time to integrate the full moon from yesterday, as well as some of the things that are happening as we become more aware of the spiritual and the physical and the connection that that is that they have with one another. <clears throat> Uh, as well, we'll take a look at the Pleiadian Earth energy and today's transit, uh, which is Venus in Libra in a trying to Saturn in Aquarius and what that means for us as well. So we have a full hour. I hope to have some time at the end to do a couple of card pulls for uh, the collective for the week ahead. So very cool. Um, Corey, good morning. Suzanne Fulmer, good morning. Christine uh, Buckingham, good morning to you. Ursula, my natal sun is in Virgo. You have a birthday coming with the moon opposite in Pisces at 22 degrees rising in Virgo. So this is important, I guess, for you to find out about today, uh, Miss Ursula, as these things will have an actual effect on you. Now, again, if you have your astrology chart um, with you, for the show. And I always recommend you have both your astrology and your human design, and maybe even to start to have your gene keys, because one of the things that's happening for me right now is a deeper dive into the gene keys. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the soothing nature of what you're what you can find in the gene keys, and uh, the condition that my life is in at this moment. Uh, so maybe if you have your hologenetic profile, um, today, you don't necessarily need that, but have your human design chart with you, have your astrology chart with you, and then eventually have your hologenetic profile. If you do know, do not know what I'm talking about with that, let me know that you would like a copy of yours, and I will figure out how to get that to you or get you the link where you can get that uh, for yourself. Okay, so let's start with the moon in Pisces. So um, first of all, when we're talking about a sign and we're talking about the moon, the moon represents our emotions. It represents timing often in a chart. It represents our soul and sort of the inner drive that we have to go out in the world and do things, right? So the moon brings us a lot of different kinds of energies. It is the fastest moving body that we can see on an everyday basis. By the way, not only was that moon beautiful last night, but if you noticed it was sitting very close, a very bright body in the sky, and that was Jupiter or is Jupiter. It was, it'll still be close to not. No, I think tonight you'll see that spread uh, as the moon is rising later, um, maybe earlier. Anyway, the uh, so that bright planet that was sitting there is Jupiter, and that was part of the full moon. Remember, it was the moon that was going to be in a conjunction to Jupiter, a very close conjunction, and the sun in opposition to them, bringing us that fortunate energy or bringing it into play. And interesting because yesterday, um, being the you know sixth week 
since Brian passed away, we all gathered. Seems like Sundays are good days for us to gather at this point in time. It helps us all to be together. Um, so none of us is just focused on, you know, th that particular um, uh, event. And we were playing the transformation game as a family. I don't know if any of you've ever heard of that game, but the transformation game is uh, very deep and it is very much connecting every person that plays, even if you don't think so. <laughs> I watched my son struggling with this a little bit yesterday. Um, it connects you to the spiritual side of things and it, uh, it brings you into connection with your guides and your angels and to uh, things and information that maybe often is kind of pushed to the side. And so we were playing this game yesterday and my granddaughter, who's 10, was playing as well. And she kept being the bringer of, of psychic information in, like she would get this sort of faraway look in her eye. And then she would turn to you and she would say, whatever it was, the messages that she was receiving. And <clears throat> One of the funny things that happened during the, the game play was she was sitting across from me with, uh, she was sitting right next to her aunt, my oldest daughter. She's sitting across from me and she whispers something to Heather and they sort of both look at me. And just as they looked at me, I lifted my left hand for some reason, got it caught in the edge of my glasses. And when I pulled my hand back down, my glasses went flying across the room and they both busted up. They're both busting up laughing. And I'm like, I, yeah, okay, that's funny that my glasses went flying, but what the heck? Well, <laughs> Amelia had just got done telling Heather, look at grandma's eyes, something's going to happen around her eyes. And then my glasses go flying. It was too funny. So little Amelia turning out to be quite the little spiritual um, lightning rod for message for all of us during this game. Well, she's a Scorpio. And the moon, having already moved into Pisces by that point in time, was sort of being the infusing her with the these this information, right? This spiritual information coming in, so she's able to ground it in and bring the messages to us. It was quite uh, fascinating to watch, and that wasn't the only thing that happened. I mean, she would say things, and then they'd happen. Or she would say something, and the next person drew a card. Uh, or an angel or something that had to do exactly with what she had just said. It was pretty miraculous as we were watching this unfold yesterday. So Pisces energy has the ability to bring us into direct connection, direct communication with the mystical and the magical, right? With the alchemical processes of blending the spiritual with the uh, physical or embodying those energies. So we also have the energy of imagination here. So you could think, you could think that Amelia was really just imagining these things, except that we in the physical were all experiencing the result of what it was she was bringing into us. It was really, like I said, a fascinating thing to watch. So imagination, but also confusion and the need for more sleep or less sleep, right? can be a part of the experience now with the moon here. Chaos and fantasy are also parts of the moon in Pisces uh, experience or any body in Pisces experience. 
uh, Piscean energy also rules the joyful states that we can get into ecstasy, into bliss, into uh, just joy for the sake of being joyful. It is also the state of universal love and how universal love brings us probably the closest we can get to that state of bliss, right? Or that complete state of joy. There's also sensitivity in this sign, not only psychic sensitivity, which brings us that information from within, I keep pointing to without, but really, is it coming from within and blending with what's potentially from uh, the heavens or from the spiritual realm? Um, and as well, emotional sensitivity. So if you're feeling more emotional or you're noticing that people around you are more emotional, that is completely a part of this experience with the moon in Pisces. Um, it is as well, the mystical states, our spiritual awareness, our channeling of spiritual power into the body and into usefulness into the world. It is healing energy. So the healing energy here comes from the more psychic realms or from the more intuitive realms in that there's the potential for healing through meditation or healing through yoga, healing through Reiki or any of the more, um, psychic or open uh, spiritual channels, things like I'm thinking of um, theta healing or uh, psych K, things like that, where we can bring in information into the physical. Angelic assistance, right? The angels are very near and dear to us all the time. But in Pisces, we become more open to receiving that communication or to that uh, seeing or being with our angels. And of course, spiritual purification. Purification is an interesting word to bring up here because that's really kind of owing to the Virgo opposite point. In Virgo, the physical, the spiritual comes into the physical and is, in, in some cases, purified. In some cases, brought into some kind of closer physical awareness for us. So we have spiritual purification at this point in time as we are bringing in that information or bringing out that information from within us, the intuition, our intuition or our intuitive gifts and indeed able to bring it into a more uh, a state where we can actually hear it clearer or it's more purified, more rarefied perhaps. And as well, inner peace. Inner peace comes from the moon's transit through the sign of Pisces. Now, I'll, I'll also, blah, 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 Pisces rules unconditional love, right? The idea of oneness. So we may feel closer to one another. We may be in a more forgiving state, having forgiveness very much close to the surface, um, understanding and surrender, trust, being non-judgmental, tolerating um, each other, being more in tolerance and acceptance of one another, being more compassionate, more heart-centered, right? Now, as we always talk about, there is always the more lower frequency or more negative aspects to contend with as well. And anytime we're in Pisces or Virgo, one of the things we're dealing with is victim mentality. So victim mentality here in Pisces can be defeatist attitudes. It can be procrastination, putting off till tomorrow what I don't want to do today, right? Or just putting it off because I just can't handle it right now. Panic attacks, anxieties are also a part of the Piscean um, lower frequency energies, deception, addictions, disappointments, those kinds of things. So if you're feeling those kinds of energies, 
that are in your life or you're noticing that as part of your life, then you're tapped into the potential for change, transformation of those lower frequency energies into the more higher frequency energies of universal love, unconditional love, imagination, spiritual awareness, that type of thing. As well in the body, Pisces rules the um, the lymphatic system, which is engaged with our immune system. And in that, then sometimes colds and flus and viruses come from the Piscean energy or collaborate or have a correlation with, there's the words I'm looking for, a correlation to viruses and flus and influenzas, all that kind of thing. Um where we are being brought down by some of the smallest little things, right? A virus that can lay us low, or in the case of COVID, right? This, I'm, I'm wondering if the sustained nature of Neptune in Pisces right now isn't helping to keep that alive as we are, you know, uh, working through. Uh, how we've poisoned ourselves or how we're merging with toxins and how can we remove poisons and toxins from our environment. And it isn't just the, the literal poisons or toxins that we can ingest or that we can breathe in or drink in with our with water. It's often the more toxic emotions or experiences, things that we're holding on to, even baggage that we're holding on to that we need to release. So in the body, when the moon is moving through Pisces, we can have this opportunity to release toxins and to let go of some of those things that have been building up in our system that are not of a positive nature. And the feet are also ruled by Piscean energy. So, so interesting, right? We go from the teeny tiniest of germs or bacteria or virus to the feet, right? The feet where our where our body, when we're standing upright, meets the earth, right? Where the spiritual energy entering in through the head or the crown chakra, moving all the way down through the body, through the feet and merging, emerging into the earth, Virgo, right? So there we have that. Uh, let's see, anybody else with comments or anything? Good morning, Michelle Gay. Good. I have to tell you, oh my gosh, Michelle, I meant to take a video of this, but I was too busy playing with Wyatt. He absolutely loved those little dinosaur cars, monster trucks that you got him. And I, I, he did not want me to stop playing with him. So I had to play with him for, I don't know, maybe an hour or so yesterday with those little toys. And then funny enough, like synchronicity, right? He was going to a monster truck show yesterday at Skagit Speedway with his mom after uh, in the afternoon. So it was kind of funny. Here he is with these monster trucks and he was getting ready to go to a monster truck show at uh, the Skagit Speedway yesterday. So it was perfect, perfect, perfect. And he, he told me to tell you thank you. And I meant to get that on video, but oh well. Uh, you know his little heart. J-Lo, my 12th house is Taurus, but a original governed, oops, by Pisces, it will be affected by this transit. Well, anything in Pisces will be. And I think what you're talking about, maybe J-Lo, is the fact that in one sign system, one house system, excuse me, that you are um, maybe split between Virgo, I mean, for uh, Pisces and Taurus in the 12th house. Um, the way I would look at it is Taurus is fully in your 12th house. Your first house would be where Piscean energy is. So the, uh, the, the effect would naturally fall to your person, right? Your, your, yourself, right? And your body and how you are personally working with the spiritual energies. 
there you go. Uh, Ursula, my natal sun is in Virgo with moon opposite. Okay, we already read that one. Christine Buckingham says, well, cool. Mimi, wonderful for her to be so in touch with spirit. It, it is an amazing thing to watch unfold. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Christine, she's lucky to have you and your daughter to teach and guide her. Even her own mother is open. Um, my youngest daughter has often been the uh, one delivering messages to me from the other side from my parents and what have you. So there, it runs in my family lineage. There's that. Uh, Ursula says premonitions. Debbie Tibbetts to me. Oh, good morning to you. Kamal, good morning to you. Uh, Michelle says cute. That would be in regards to Wyatt and his playing with his toys. It was so, so adorable. Because when I got to, <laughs> he is a Pisces, right? So if I had thought about it, of course he was moody and he was crying and emotional. Uh, because he's a Pisces. And of course, the moon having just moved into the sign. So when I got there, he didn't want anything to do with me. He didn't want anything to do with what um, uh, I had for him, except when I took them out of the bag and showed them to him, he suddenly went all gaga over it. And then he and I had to sit and play with them, which gave his mother a break from the emotional meltdown he was having. Uh, and we just had such a great time playing with those little toys. It's funny how I'm such a big kid when it comes to playing with little toys. <laughs> um, okay, so if you guys have questions about your own charts with uh, Piscean energy, you can go ahead and put those in here. I don't see Asa out here this morning, so I'm not sure I have her help to get me questions. Um, so if um, if I miss them, you maybe have to put it in there a second time or text me or message me later. Let's take a look at Virgo Pisces as an axis. So when you're looking at an astrology chart, did I leave that open? I didn't. Yes, I did. Let me see if I can make this bigger. And then I'm going to share my chart so I can show you what I mean by an axis, just in case you're all wondering. Uh, is it a window? It's a Chrome tab. Wow, speaking of water, it's raining here. All right, so somebody please text me real quick and let me know if you're seeing this chart. Because this chart, uh, oh, I can see you're not seeing it all the way. So let me stop sharing for a minute. Go back to this and then reshare. Okay. Sorry. All these things opening up suddenly. And StreamYard, where'd you go? And sharing, sharing, sharing. Ha, now I have the bigger one. So when we're talking about an axis, we're talking about the pairs of signs that are opposite of one another in the chart. So if you look right here, if you can see my little pink cursor right at the nine o'clock position, this is where Virgo is right now. So we have the sun at zero degrees Virgo right on the rise. So the sign rising, um, in the morning is Virgo. And you'll see here's Mars, here's the ascendant of the chart, of this particular chart, and Mercury. And right diagonally across from it is Pisces. So here's the moon, here's Neptune, here's Pallas Athena. And that is what we're talking about in terms of an axis, right? The opposite 
um, houses the opposite signs from one another. Now, you may or may not have Virgo on the rise or uh, Pisces on the descendant. So it could be somewhere else. It could be anywhere, like in the chart, across the six different positions or 12 different positions it could be. So look for where this symbol, Virgo, and this symbol, Pisces, might be in your chart. And that is where you'll see uh, the axis of Virgo and Pisces. And thank you. Thank you guys for letting me know you could see. All right. Now, when uh, we look at an axis, what we see, let's say, for example, today we're talking about the moon in Pisces. So the moon in Pisces is not only picking up Piscean traits of spirituality and oneness, unconditional love, psychic sensitivity, emotional sensitivity. It's also picking up by reflection the information encoded in Virgo. So that axis becomes activated. So it shares both the high and the low frequency across this axis. And when we think of opposite signs, we're talking about a relationship called an opposition in, in astrology. And an opposition creates the tension of opposites, right? It can, it can create the conflict that needs to be balanced or brought into some kind of harmony in those two signs. And we know that Virgo is a very earthly sign, earthy, down-to-earth, pragmatic, practical. We know that Pisces is often head in the sky, head in the clouds, spiritual, imaginative. So we have these two different, very different realms that somehow need to be balanced, right? So when we look at planets in signs across from one another, either in your natal chart or when it's happening by transits, then we have the need to balance these two energies. Virgo being the tangible, earthy energy that is infused by earth, right? And then we have the Pisces, water, heaven energy that's infused with spirit. So what we have is the need to blend our physical reality and our spiritual reality and not overemphasize one over the other, right? They have to come into a balance. And I think it's so funny to think about that when we look at the feet that are part of the rulership of Pisces, right? The feet putting us on the ground where the spiritual energy and the body's energy can be balanced. So how do we ground spirit into matter, right? How can we do that? Because it's real easy. It is so super easy for us to get lost into one or the other right? We can totally get lost into the world of the spiritual and we can get lost in that la-la land of that, uh, the very, some for some people, very comfortable idea of heaven, uh, of being in spirit. Or we can get very comfortable into the earthy side of things where we can't seem to reach to spirit. It feels out of reach or it feels not real to us because we're so grounded in the earthy energies, right? The feet on the ground, earthiness of those energies. So when we have Pisces energy and we have Virgo energy, what we're really doing is bringing the sky, the heaven down to earth. And then the earth is reflecting the spiritual back to the sky, right? The, so we have this nice balance going on. It's almost poetic even if you think about how a lot of mythologies, a lot of the myths are comprised of sky gods and earth goddesses, right? The sky gods often being the more masculine energy 
and the earth goddesses, right? So that I find interesting considering Pisces is a feminine sign and Virgo is a feminine sign. So we have a lot of feminine energy, water energy, a lot of earthy goddess energy available to us right now. So what does that mean for us and how do we work with this energy? Well, really what we're being asked to do is to balance the softer, inner, spiritual, vulnerable self with the more physical body self that's here in the world serving and working and grounded in reality. So we have to bring both of these energies into balance. Now, let's look at it from the position of the houses, perhaps. Um, so in the chart that I just showed you, we had the first house and the seventh house opposite of one another. So if you're in your own chart and you see it across that first and seventh uh, uh, the houses, you are here to balance the relationship of yourself to the relationship with others, seeing the spiritual in the other, right? Because that would, let's say Pisces would be on the seventh house. So the reflection of the people in your life are reflecting spirit to you while you're reflecting earth to them, right? So spirit and earth here take up residence in your chart in the in terms of who you are and who you are in relationships, the I am and the we are houses. If we move it one house, we are going to look at now the second and the eighth house where these would be across from one another. That is a money, uh, self-worth, values uh, placement, right? In the second house, it is the resources that I have, right? That are, I can bring to the party. And in the uh, idea here would be that we are often able to attract resources to ourselves that are in alignment with our values and our self-worth, right? So if you feel worthy and you are feeling good about who you are, you attract abundance to you. If you are in the low side of things, if you're not feeling abundant, if I mean, if you're not feeling good or worthy, then sometimes you're reflecting or bringing in <clears throat> the lower energies of, of lack or scarcity, perhaps. So we have that second house and the eighth house would be where it is that we can transform energy and where we can attract resources to us that come from things that we didn't just work for ourselves, right? So maybe grants or credit or inheritances, um, those kinds of, of, of energies. If it goes across the third and the ninth axis, now we're working with the mind and we're working with teaching energy. We're working with communication energy. So maybe able to be more um, able to bring in spiritual messages and to understand them or being able to really um, ground in spiritual energy, maybe being able to communicate more uh, deliberately or being able to communicate with a, a plan and to be able to follow that plan. There's a bit of deliberateness there. Having a discernment with your mind so that you can tell which thoughts are the correct thoughts and which thoughts are not being beneficial for you. If we move to the fourth house and the 10th house, now we're talking about what grounds us in terms of foundations and family. And that is in opposition then to the 10th house of authority or what you do in the world. And if we move it to the 11th and the fifth house, we're talking, this is a creative energy. This is the fifth house of creative uh, joy, uh, of creative energy plus joyful states 
Um, it's a very Leo energy, so it's self-expressive. Plus the 11th house of dreams or vision the, of what I what I see for myself, my, my vision for the future or my vision for the work I want to do or for who I want to be. And the nature of giving and receiving comes through that channel as well or that axis. And then lastly, the 12th and the 6th house which are the natural ruling houses for Virgo Pisces energy, the 12th house being the house of the unconscious mind or the subconscious patterns that are playing, but also a place of secrets and of treasure that lies buried within you that all you need to do is unlock with the key that you hold around you, right? It's on in your heart to bring it to the surface for uh, use in the world, for healing in the world. And the sixth house, which is the natural place for Virgo, which rules the work that we do and how we show up in the world to give of ourselves. So the giving of ourselves, the physical way, the giving of ourselves in the more psychological or spiritual way across that 12th and sixth axis. So I hope that gives you guys some clues anyway, as to where that axis might be in your chart and how it shows up for you in your life. Um, Kathleen, yes, I, it was chilly this morning. It was it's 59 degrees in my house right now because I left windows open and I don't want to turn the heat on necessarily. Oh, and that window's open. That's why I'm feeling like cold right now. Um, and it's raining, so it gets chilly. And so scarves, bring them back out. It's almost fall apparently here. Um, Christine says, Pisces sun, 18 degrees and Mercury Pisces, 23 degrees, 11th house. Okay, and Pluto in Virgo, zero degrees in the fifth house. So you have that creative energy across. So the visionary part of you, right, connected to the spiritual work that maybe you want to do, but also having to Pluto in Virgo is about uh, being able to create a sustainable creativity, right, and a sustainable joy that isn't based on emotional ups and downs, but on the grounded energies of this is the foundation of who we are as human beings, right? Uh, Kathy Miller, I'm a Pisces. If I am crying, most likely I am so totally angry. You may want to run. LOL. I am spiritual. I love you, honey. I love you too, Kathy. It's good to see you. Join us in the morning. JLo says needing to find that balance. Allison, good morning to you. Christine can relate to that. Spirit seems easier than dealing with earthly matters, often as a dominant water chart and a Pisces sun. Right. And there's also that we have to work with. So some of you could be experiencing a, a Piscean uh, day like today, where we have the, the the moon there, and we have the sun op opposing that. And then we also have, but you have, let's say a fire chart, right, where you have a lot of fire energy. Well, what does water and fire do? They create steam. So for you, for example, Kathy, you may have a lot of fire planets in your chart. And for you, the emotional infusion of the, your natal sun in Pisces and now the moon moving through Pisces could create that steam, which I always seem to translate as sort of the emotional, angry, having to vent kind of energies. So, and of course that we have to look at individually in each person's chart, because some people are definitely um, more uh, solid in one or the other of the elements. And some people are very balanced, but like, for example, if I looked at the chart of today, it is very air and earth oriented, very little water, really, right? Considering the moon, Neptune, part of fortune and Pallas Athena were, are the only things in water. But in air, we have Venus, we have um, 
I think that's Metis, we have Jupiter, we have Saturn, we have the Vertex, we have Chiron, we have the North Node, no, that's not Chiron, that's Chiriclo, we have the North Node, we have Lilith, and we have Ceres, lots, and then in the Earth signs, Pluto, Selena, Uranus, uh, Sedna, the Midheaven, the Sun, Mercury, Mars, Ascendant, right? So we see in each person's chart the potential for one of the elements to really uh, predominate. Sometimes it's a couple of the elements predominate. So it can change your experience a bit of the chart or of the uh, transit that's happening. So we have to sort of be aware of that. Uh, Ursula, okay, work through my heart to unlock the gifts of service and beware of victim energies. Wow, you got that. You got that, Ursula. Uh, the axis I'm working is 12th and 6th houses. Yeah. So I, I always think of it as the 12th house because I have a 12th house son that I also hold the key around my neck to unlocking what lies hidden in that 12th house from me or what I'm hiding from, right? Sometimes I'm hiding from, sometimes it's something hidden from me, something that I've hidden there for, from me. So uh, working through bringing that out because you want to become more and more spiritually balanced with the physical being that you are as well. Uh, makes sense. Christine says, JLo, I'm working with fourth has my IC at zero and 10th. Now here we have Mars and a few asteroids, lots of stuff going on. OMG, she says, that makes sense. Why my throat was raspy this morning. I'm a Taurus and felt it. Very good. Very good. I love it when you guys are all making these. Asa, good morning. You are with us. Good to see you. Uh, okay. So if you have any questions, please go ahead and put those in there. I'm going to switch over now. Wow, because the morning just seems to fly by. Uh, let's take a quick look at the week ahead, right? What are the energies that we're looking at for the week? So today, Monday, what we have is Venus in a trying to Saturn. I'm going to go into that in just a few minutes. So I just want to kind of give you an overview of the week right now. Um, on Tuesday, Mercury will come into an opposition with Neptune. Wednesday is a break. Nothing going on there new. Thursday, Mercury trines Pluto. So we have some power going on here. Friday, Saturday are kind of empty. Sunday, Mercury will move out of Virgo and into Libra. And we begin the new human design week on Sunday. Uh, but we also begin a new human design week on the 23rd. That's today. Oh my gosh. Today we start a new human design week. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. I haven't shown you that graphic yet, but the new human design week begins with the sun at the gate 59 and with earth at one of my favorite gates ever. And that's the gate 55. This is, oh, hey, you can't see it. The dragonfly energy of the gate 55 providing us abundance when we have faith in the abundant nature of the universe and the fact that the universe is always trying to give us everything that we need in order to do the work we came here to do. So we're going to talk a little more about that. But um, so the week itself is not a, a terrible week. We have some pretty good transits going on. Uh, let's take a look real quick before I forget to do this at the astro design for the the sun or the moon right now in the sign of Pisces and for the next couple of days. Actually, the moon is in Pisces through uh, tomorrow morning. And let's see, when does it move into Aries? The void will break at 1157. Yeah, so my time 1157. So 12, 1, 2, 257. For those of you on the East Coast, the moon will move into Aries 
and 11.57 for those of us here on the West Coast. The, so we have all of today and a good chunk of the morning uh, tomorrow with this Pisces energy. So, okay, let me bring up something here. Nope, not that. There we go. So let me share my screen for all of you. All right, now you should be seeing the Pisces gates. So here is what the human design looks like for Piscean energy. So we're talking about it in terms of the moon today because the moon, of course, moving quickly through all of these different gates. But I want you to see how much emotional energy is tied up in Pisces, right? This is the solar plexus in your human design. The solar plexus is the center for emotional energy. And so you have uh, one, two, three, four, five gates activated uh, on the um, solar plexus. We have one gate in the sacral. Actually, that's the where the sun is. We have a gate activated in the G center or the identity center. And then we have one up in the head center. So let's go down in order. So we have the first gate is the later uh, degrees of or the later uh, lines of the 30. The 30 is the gate of passion. So this is a gate where it is emotional energy of wanting or yearning. So when we look at the emotional center in the gene keys, if we were to take this emotional center and we were to layer it like we do in the gene keys through shadow, through gift, and then through the city, right? Taking a holographic view of that center and kind of a dimensional view of it, we would see that in the lowest shadow energy, the gate 30 and the solar plexus represent yearning, right? The yearning, that feeling of wants, of desires that are unmet, right? So yearning. When we can elevate up to the uh, gift level in that center, in even the 30, what we feel is more of the gratitude for what we have, the feeling energy of being okay, of being in the midst of or in the process of receiving, right? What our dreams are or what we want or what our desires are. In the highest expression here, the emotional center brings us serenity and compassion. And I find that interesting, right? That in the highest expression, when we realize that all of our needs are met, and even if we don't have everything this second that we think we want, we are okay, right? We are in a place of serenity and compassion when we are viewing ourselves from the highest expression. So the gate passion here has already passed through. The moon has already moved on to that, up beyond that. But we might have been dealing with looking at what am I passionate about and where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? The next gate that is hit is the 55. The 55 I've put here in black and red because it's not only the moon that's passing through here today, but the earth as well is aligned in the gate 55. And that is the gate of abundance. So it's interesting to me always to see that the gate of abundance is on the emotional center, not the sacral, which is the center for work and doing. So working and doing does not provide abundance. Feeling energy 
heart-centered energy, right? Calibrating to our, our heart is what brings us abundance. And in quantum human design, the 55 is also called the gate of faith having that deep down faith and trust in a benevolent universe that everything is working to its highest and best, even when it doesn't feel like that, right? Even when it doesn't feel like that, the universe is still providing an abundance uh, nature for us to live through. And we just have to have the faith to connect with that. The 37 is connecting up to the will center and it is called the family in astro in uh, human design. In quantum human design, we look at this through friendship and through creating community. So the, the 37 is really the basis for how we come together as human beings. So we come together in Pisces energy. Isn't that funny, right? Pisces energy, the 37, bringing together the spiritual family with the physical family. So the family unit, which... In, in my reality, all of you are my family. In my reality, it doesn't mean that you, family doesn't mean you have to be my blood. Um, I bring almost everybody that I love into my family. And some people do that, some people don't. But the concept here is about how we are all family. I want to start singing that Sister Sledge song, we are family, right? And it's all of our brothers and sisters, right? Everybody is family. So the 37 in Pisces reminds us about that and how we can greet one another with love, acceptance, tolerance, compassion. Then we jump out of the emotional center up into the head center. Interestingly enough, a pressure center where the pressure is for us to answer uh, questions. The question in the gate 63 is really about, can you prove it? You know, everything that I'm talking to you about spiritually, can I prove it to you? It's ether, it's spirit. Do I have the proof? No, but I feel it through faith in myself and in everything I know to be true uh, in my body and in my bones, right? So the 63 is a gate that brings doubt, but it's about the doubt that we could feel when we are being told something from someone else that then uh, gullibility, right? There's that nature of gullibility that can happen here in this gate. So we should always be in doubt unless it's our own truth. The doubt isn't meant to be turned inward and turned into self-doubt. The doubt is meant for us to be taking in what we're hearing, what we're sensing, what we're feeling, and running it through our own BS meter, bullshit meter, your own um, discernment, to be able to understand what the real truth is, right? So truth here is about staying out of self-doubt and being able to discern what feels true and what doesn't feel true for you. And that truth can be different. There's seven and a half billion of us on this planet and we probably all feel a little bit differently with the truth. And that is as it should be, right? So don't doubt yourself because you're hearing a truth that comes from someone else right? Because if you know it to be true, then it is your truth, right? So doubt has uh, doubting what's outside of you, but not doubting what's inside of you. Then we jump back to the emotional center at the gate 22, the involution. This is that involution energy that is evolving our inner side, insides. We have evolution, which is the evolution or the outer world that's changing. And then involution brings us the inner world that's changing. And part of that gate in human design is about grace. 
the grace to uh, be able to move through the varying moods and emotions of this solar plexus energy to understand that sometimes you may feel really with it, really good, really charming, and then bold, and then the next minute be shy and retiring and not so uh, charming, <laughs> not so graceful or gracious. So the energy in the 22 is very high-low energy. And it means that we have to understand that moods change and those moods change with the way that we're thinking, the way that we're feeling, the things that are happening in our world. Um, and uh, with the moon here, of course, the moon moving quickly through means we should never take what we're feeling in, in this moment seriously. We need to step back and see the, from the broader picture what the emotional energy is all about. In other words, respond not react to what it is that we're feeling in the moment. Then we go to the gate 36, crisis resolution. So the gate 36 in the gene keys is the lowest frequency turbulence, right? Chaos, this is chaotic energy here. That chaos that comes up from feelings within us that are chaotic or that are restless in nature or that are born out of boredom and we feel like we need an adventure we need we feel like we need to go someplace we feel like we need to go do something but we don't know what that is right so this is very um uh crisis oriented energy and it's often crises that we ourselves create or generate because we're in reaction instead of response to what is going on within us right so it, it would be a good reminder for us as this gate moves in tomorrow actually um Two, if you're feeling that restlessness and that boredom, don't chuck out the baby with the bathwater, right? Maybe do something in the moment that can relieve that tension or that stress or that create that creative tension and not upend your whole life over it, right? And finally, the last gate of Pisces is in the uh, early degrees of 25, which is the gate of universal love. It is one of the four love gates. One, this is the spiritual love, the gate of the love of spirit or the gate of universal love. So we have that at the end of Pisces. And then that, that gate, this gate 25 actually takes us into Aries energy uh, on Tuesday uh, later in the day in the mid morning for us here or late morning for us here and early afternoon for those of you on the east coast so now let's take a look at where the sun and the earth are for the week since we're starting this new week we are with the sun at the gate 59. the gate 59 is called the gate of um, productivity it is the gate of sustainability it is part of we haven't talked too much about uh, uh, circuits in human design, but it is part of the tribal circuitry, the economic part of the tribal circuitry, but it is also, also the very masculine energy of protection and providing of resources and the creating of sustainable resources. And it is also sexuality. It is also the energy that brings us to or drives us to find uh, intimacy. So we have, it connects, it would connect if you have the gate six hanging. So the sun would connect with the gate six and it might bring up issues around intimacy or where we are in a state of love or in a state of war, right? Love or war or anger or upset, because this is a very moody energy as well. It is also um, the search for intimacy. So sexuality connected to intimacy, sustainability 
or, or uh, production and uh, resource, uh, resources connected to sustainable development, right? And because this is also an energy of doing, we may be very much in our young energy or our energy of pushing outward with the sun in this placement. But then on the other side, the, the earth, uh, as well as the moon, are going to be in the gate 55, which is, again, that gate of faith, the gate of, of abundance, the spirit of the, um, the abundance coming through to us from intrinsic value and not from what we do. So on one hand, we have this doing part of us and also being the 59 isn't always just about doing. It's also about who do we be? What, what creates our sustainable nature? What protection do we provide for one another? How do we produce, right? What do we produce? It's very creative energy as well. So we have creative energy this week, and we have the energy of abundance this week. And it is, of course, one of the money gates. We think of money as abundance in one ways, but it's not just that. It's not just about money. It's about how we are abundantly together with one another in on the planet. All right, questions, comments. I'll go ahead and take a look at that real quickly. Good morning, Natasha. JLo has a question. Uh, I have 39, 41, 49, 37, and 22 undefined centers. So they are all hanging. So now with the transit, the centers defined in 19, 30, 55 are complete. Soon 36 will activate. So you're experiencing not necessarily a surprise, although I wouldn't say that that's out of the question, but I would say that you're really being sort of pressured or pushed, if you will, to become very much more emotionally aware, aware of what your emotions are doing, aware of what other people's emotions are doing to impact you. It sounds like you have an open emotional center, JLo, if I'm reading that correctly, which means that you're empathic and an open center by nature is attracting or pulling in the energy from around them from the people around you, but also from the transits that are happening in the sky. So having to look at your reactionary energies and where are you in reaction versus where are you in response? So that might be what you're looking at. Natasha says, my dad who's in spirit world told me this summer would change my world. Natasha, you have emotions. You are not your emotions. You have emotions. You are, you feel your emotions. You are not your emotions. Um, in other words, be with our lives, not in our lives. That's cool. Thank you for that. Christine says, thumbs up, Natasha. JLo, true, uh, truth, Natasha. Uh, Earthwise Reiki, elbow bump, Natasha. <laughs> Love it. Oh, shoot. I have been feeling everything and everyone, JLo says. Yes, indeed. That is not surprising when you have that massive amount of energy sitting there like that. Kathleen, it's refreshing that you are so surprised as we are. <laughs> I'm always surprised. Uh, OMG, the sun just got really bright and the birds are singing here. Nice. So Henry is off and running somewhere else, apparently. Um, okay. So Kathleen says, my relationship has been going through hard times, as you predicted in my long-term transits. <sighs> just keep going through it, Kathleen. Just allow yourself to move through this. What is it showing you about you, right? The reflection. That's what the relationships are all about. The reflection of what's going on inside of us. And uh, okay. Now, um, lastly, I said I wanted to talk about Venus in Libra in a trine to Saturn in Aquarius. 
I want to talk about that a little bit because this really revolves around our commitment, which I find so fascinating that last week the sun was in the gate of commitment, saying yes to the right things, right? And here we have now two very big planets in terms of how they affect us, a personal planet being Venus. So our love, our relationships, our money, uh, abundance, our, our values, and how we live in alignment with or uh, not in alignment with our values. And this is about committing to ourselves, committing to our relationships, stabilizing them. Saturn, form, structure, stabilizing right? It's a very foundational energy. Saturn is in Aquarius. So we have to look at the bigger picture, not just hone in on the details. We're seeing the bigger picture here, the lasting nature of commitment, right? Are you committing because you feel wholeheartedly a yes in your body? Or are you committing from half-heartedness because you feel pressured by someone else? Uh, like for you, JLo, right now with all that emotional energy that's being uh, kind of telescoped into you, making a decision might be very hard emotionally right now because whose emotions are you feeling, right? And the emotional idea of commitment and the nature of love all being brought up right now, as well as this is kind of an offshoot of this uh, Venus trine Saturn energy, but I saw it in play this weekend as it was building. And that is long-term investments, the investments of time, the investments of money or of uh, your stocks, your bonds, your cryptocurrencies, all your, the, the things that you put value on. They're all being strengthened at this point in time. So is it time to invest? Is it time to take a look at your investments, at your money in general? and see, is it sustainable? That would be another word I'd throw into the mix here, especially with the sun at gate 59 this week. You know, are you leeching out or bleeding out money or resources, right? So if you are, it's time to nip that in the bud, bring it back in and recommit to sustainability, right? So not out of fear, right? There's no fear here, although there is fear here. <laughs> There's fear here because Venus is sitting at the gate 18. The gate 18 the fear is about perfection or judgment, right? It's a judgment gate. So we have to get out of the judgment. We have to get out of the need to keep perfecting, uh, to keep monkeying with something until it's perfect before we launch ourselves out into it. But right now, I would say long-term investments are very well positioned, strengthened at this moment. That doesn't mean that they won't go up and down still. I still watch my cryptocurrencies going up and down. There's still that because of Uranus and Taurus. But at this point, Venus, the ruler of Taurus, giving and in Libra, a sign she also rules, giving us a little bit of insight into what might really be sustainable for us in the long run. So taking a look at your investments, making decisions that are not based in fear or worry about is this the perfect time or not, uh, because likely you're, you're shooting for sustainability over time and not just for what you get the, as a bang for your buck today. I hope that makes sense for everybody. Okay. Now, I also wanted to pull cards for the week ahead. I still keep getting the animal cards. They still want to come out and play. And I love it that they want to do that. <clears throat> so let's draw an animal card for uh, the week ahead. And... So we're looking for an animal to guide us, to give us an image that we can hold in our minds of an energy that we can trust to be supportive. Ooh, we have two. 
We have mouse spirit in reverse or upside down. That's the mouse upside down. Let's turn her upside, right side up. Mouse spirit that says tend to the small things. She's the number 40, which is a four. So structure, form, right? Foundation, boundaries. But she was upside down. And brown bear spirit, which says take time out. And he is upright number nine, a number I often think of for completing things, but also for intuition and really being able to read the inner energy. So let's see what these two animals have in store for us. We're going to read mouse first. And mouse was in, that's moth, mouse. Here we go, protection. Are you too caught up in details? Micromanaging others and stressing out because you want everything to be perfect. Remember perfection and this kind of energy is very Virgo energy. The sun is now in Virgo, right? As well as Mercury and Mars. So it's appropriate, I think, that mouse comes up. Are you procrastinating, Pisces? Uh, because you want every detail to be just right and losing track of time and your priorities? Mouse spirit wants you to listen to your intuition that tells you that the detail you fear you are overlooking will only appear when you stop obsessing. Mouse spirit will lead you to the nuances you need to notice and will diligently work to support you if you take a breath and trust that guidance will be provided. Small gestures carry great power right now. Well, hello. And maybe you need to, uh, and maybe you need to take action toward discovering what is going on that you may not be seeing or toward mending a relationship or situation. Ask a question. Do a little research and listen for mouse spirits, quiet little squeak telling you, look here and attend to this detail. All right, that was the protection message. Let's go back to bear, which was upright, brown bear, brown bear spirit that says, there is a time to act and a time to focus your attention on patient strategizing. The arrival of brown bear spirit signals that you are best served by foregoing hard work toward your goals at this moment and instead taking the time out to meditate or just take a nap <laughs> so you can refresh yourself and begin planning what you want to co-create next. Come to know the lay of the land as you contemplate and imagine what you might do in this vast space of possibility before you and begin forming a plan. Remember, sleep allows for dreaming and rest allows for clear-headed strategizing. How might you become the person you wish to be and experience whatever your heart's desires? Gosh, all these words, all these buzzwords from today's show are in these two cards. Uh, insights will arise as you explore the possibilities and begin envisioning your plan. Knowing what you want will ensure you use your energy wisely in the days ahead. Be patient at this time. Relax and be calm and peaceful so you can recharge. The call for action will come later. Aha. Almost sounds too, because we're in now past the full moon, we're in the waning moon. So maybe it has to do with that as well. And the time to act will come with the full, with the new moon uh, in another couple of weeks. And one wisdom of the Oracle card to give us direction for the week ahead. And Christine says, I love bears and nine is my birthday number. Okay. And oh my gosh, this is a good one too. There's an animal in this one. It says, go the distance. It's the cheetah. Card number 47, which is an 11, 
So we have enlightenment here. We have illumination here. Go the distance. But to go the distance, what do you need? Stamina. You need to be able to have all the tools. So let's see what 47 tells us. 47, go the distance. So the essential meaning is endurance and strength, the long haul. The Oracle's message says to bring your dream to life, you must think long term and pay no attention to the fluctuations in the current of your experience. That sounds very Venus trine Saturn. Joy and disappointment co-mingle with opportunity, so there is no need to fear the occasional obstacle. Life is not a sprint. This card is a reminder that you have endurance, strength, and fortitude to carry you all the way. Remain true to yourself. Your authenticity alone will keep you in alignment with the energy of miracles. What is yours will never be withheld from you. Remember that. Ah, great cards. Great cards for us for the collective for the week. Um, any last comments here? You're very welcome. Allison says, have a great week, everybody. And Christine says, thank you. Have a great day and week, everybody. I love it. So uh, thank you all for being here this morning. I will see you on Friday. On Friday, we'll start to take a look at what Mercury in Libra means for us and at the new Human Design Week. Take care, everybody. Much love and thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe if you've not yet subscribed. Share the video. Have a great day. Mwah. Much love. Bye for now.